David Kohlmeyer, the problem solver, is in the building. Mr. Kohlmeyer? Sure. Pick a seat. Any seat you want. Yeah. Do it. Hi. Hello, Iris. I love Iris already. I just love the bubbly. You know? Come on in. The bubbly attitude. Not that you're drinking bubbly. Yeah. All right. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you? How are you? Good. This is too high for me. Um, George is going to fix George, that for we'll you. George will fix everything. You're so funny. Yeah. You're like, this is too high. Yeah, I'm 4'10". Are you 4'10"? Yeah. No way. Yes, way. Someone smaller than the pint-sized warrior just walked in. My girlfriend is four. George. She claims five feet, Iris, but it's no, bullshit. 4'11 and a half. And a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, she made it 4'11". That's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, 4'10". Yeah. Nice. Yeah, George will get you all set up. David Kohlmeyer. How are you today? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on this blessed show today. Yes, this is Cole Meyer's second. second. Second year, yeah. My second anniversary is there. You yeah. did three hours with us last year, though, like the wee hours of the morning, right? I consider myself alumni. Yeah, you um, are. You're of, alumni. Of the, of the program of yeah. Sticky Pop Studio. You yeah. earned your way into a primetime slot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving up. My life. I always knew. I prayed in the morning that my life was going to change. Right? Today it changed. You're like, please. He manifested it as much yes. talent said. He's like, say. someday I'll get a primetime slot on the Action Junkie show. Right? Yeah. And well, I finally know. made it. Well, it was Marcus last week that said I manifested us all sitting here together, and I said, "No, I never thought I'd be sitting here." Right? Yeah. He's like, "Oh, all right." Well, yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So Shauna's running late. We've got the founder of Project for Humanity coming uh, in. Yep. Coming in. Uh, she was in a bad car accident, actually. Yeah, she got into an accident. I, I didn't know she was in the hospital, but she said she's on her way. She's picking up some shirts. Wait, she, she's in a, in the hospital today. Yeah, she actually. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but because yeah, she I was out the other day, she was yeah. with you, and that was after the accident. So I know she complications, maybe headaches or something. Dedication or craziness? So what are we talking yeah. here? Yeah, okay. I'm not yeah. sure this, the whole story, but I know she's headed this way with some shirts. Okay, okay. All right. Are these the Sticky Paws Project for Humanity Action Junkie shirts? They're just uh, project shirts. Oh, okay, not, cool. I didn't I, see. See, David, I'm not. I don't need. I'm not a branding whore you like are you, a are. Brand. you are. You are. I a don't. Brand. I don't have to have my logo on everything. I don't. Because you know, you know when you have good looks and good hair. Yeah. You don't need to do that on this. You don't need to right. sell anything. But, already, but when, it comes to us, when it comes to guys like us, yeah. we need this. When you have five extra pounds, you right. have to sell a little bit harder. Yeah. Speaking you, of good looks, to my right. How's that for a segue? There we go. Iris, I don't even know your last name. What's your last name? Amaya. Get into that microphone there. Wait, All right. There you go. What? Right. What? Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about me. Oh. You said, <laughs> said right. I got very confused. And, sorry. Um, what's your last name? Amaya. Amaya. Okay. I just had you in as Iris on my little sheet here. Um, um, I, I oh, no, I have you. Uh, you're I Iris Amaya, and you, we've dropped the last part. Lopez? Yeah. <laughs> you gave it to me originally, I think. I know, but... Oh, you didn't mean it. I'm deleting it. No, you can keep nope, it. I, I mean, don't want to. You know, when you're Mexican, they give you, like, all the last names. In the right. World. It's nice to have seven yeah. names. Where were you born? Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. When did you move to Vegas? I was one. Really? Yeah. Vegas was your... So you grew up in Vegas? Yeah. Then. Okay. Yeah. Do you like it here? Yeah, I mean, it's all right. Yeah? There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else. It's either Mexico or Vegas. Is it similar? Yeah. Why what not? Part, what part of Mexico? Yeah. Jalisco. Is that central? I'm, I need a Mexican it's Somewhere map. over there. You just <laughs> did that like the um, like the Mexican newscasters 
Are you allowed to say Mexican? Is that do I get canceled for that? You can say that still, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, like the Mexican newscasters in LA, like they'll totally sound American. They'll be like, you know, and there was a traffic pileup on the 405 northbound, uh, and two cars were on fire. And she's like, um, and for for Channel Five reporting, I'm Rosana. Dos Anjos, you know? It's Rosales like, yeah. Cuevos. Rosales yeah. Cuevos, yeah. 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 Like, all of a sudden, the, the accent comes out. Well, it's funny you say that, because also in Hawaii, because they talk about it as, like, normal, and then they talk about Hawaiian streets, oh, Kamehameha. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. I like that. Uh, so, what do you do? Tell me everything. I want to know everything. I do everything and nothing at all. Okay. okay. Like many. <laughs> no, so I'm a... Um, loan processor so we give loans for people with bad credit oh i need a card (laughs) (laughs) i don't need a card because i have gone to limitless culture group uh mike mesa (laughs) over at limitless culture group who fixes up credit and of course i didn't give his uh i didn't give you that logo or i didn't mention that to you did i travis not at all is he a sponsor he's always a sponsor no i don't have his logo damn all right. Just just say his name three times and it'll disappear. Limitless Culture. Limitless really? Culture. Limitless Culture Group. Limitless Culture Group. Limitless Culture Group. All right. Now that's about fifty grand. Boom. Yep. Okay. Yeah. If you don't mind, we'll asking, if you don't mind, yes. So what exactly do you help people with credit as a? So they go to the dealership and they pick a car and then they apply and nobody wants to take him. So we say, okay, we'll take you for thirty-two percent. Guaranteed. <laughs> Most well, likely, yeah, when you're paying, yeah. when you're paying 32% APR, you're... So, okay, so wait, yeah. so it's so, the Porsche yeah. monthly... No, so we're not going to give you that car. Oh. So it's a subprime no. like, loan to yeah. go buy a car yeah. if you don't get qualified. Yeah, so... There's a Mercedes out here that has a plate. I saw this car. It's a podcaster, <laughs> and I saw it. It's like... Th- no, no Porsche, not gonna no, do it. No, no. What, you're the... walking away with the Hyundai or. But it's like a five, six thousand dollar car. It's not like a thirty thousand right. dollar car, right? Yeah, it's, no, it's a, no. A more we reasonable do car. That. No, we wouldn't do that. So like, it's, it's not, a Hyundai. It. It's a Hyundai that costs as much as a Porsche through yeah, you you're guys. You're talking about Maria and Jose and Juan applying for. A car Listen loan. to you. <laughs> okay. What about right. Joe and Susan? They don't well, I am Juan. No, you're not. All right. So John and Susan and Frank don't go to this location. Probably. Everybody. They don't yeah. work. Look, look, no one's yeah. credit is totally perfect. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is this: as much I will say this, though, in all fairness, people need transportation. So I know I'm familiar when they do like a five, six thousand dollar car, the payment could be four or five hundred bucks, but they have transportation. Yeah, but save your money and buy that car cash. Most people, you know, it's hard to save, right? I mean, a lot of people. The average person's very, in, you know, the some people living uh, paycheck to paycheck, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true, and and don't understand how to save, so. But you process it, and you're basically getting helping people get a car, right? Even so I review everything, and then when once it goes through, like you know, we call the customer and see if what they're saying is true. Um, but we verify. verify employment. Um, we do all that. Got it. Stuff. You know, it's yeah. a credit card these days is 25 percent anyway. If you look at a credit card bill for the average credit card, it's probably twenty six percent anyway. Mm-hmm. Really? Is that's average? I mean, they should probably. have them back then when I got some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was that's like crazy. swipe. Yeah. Swipe. Yeah. Oh, Were you a compulsive great. shopper? Oh, yeah. 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 Everything and everything I Still? need. Still? Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I have a two year old, so I'm like, oh, this is cute for him. Let's just get it. Right. Okay. And then right. I have then half a closet for, for him. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then he also wears it for, you know, six months and then he grows out of it. Now. Yeah. And uh, so you know that we're here uh, doing our, our show, uh, helping out, uh, trying to raise some money for Project for Humanity. Yes. Uh, 
And do you have a story that's on uh, sex trafficking or domestic abuse highway domestic that you violence. could share? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about it? Absolutely. Um, so I have a two-year-old, and two years ago we were in a very tragic domestic violence um, with my significant other. He was not his father, um, which we left March fourth of twenty twenty, and we never came back. Two years ago to the day. Yes. I grabbed my son, and we were in that. Oh, wait, he was not the father of the son? No, okay. not the father. Um, unfortunately, back then, the father of my son did not want to be in the picture, so you mm. can't force somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, so I moved in with my ex-boyfriend, and we tried to work things out, and it did not work out. Um, so did he have a history before? Did, did it absolutely. not work out the first time because of yeah, the? Okay, so he kind of sold you on. He had changed. Yes, he had changed. Um, you know, I thought it was because he had lost his arm. You know, he lost his arm in 2015. So I thought, oh, you know, he's just not okay in the head. He's going through so much. He physically lost his arm. Yeah. How did he do that? In a motorcycle accident. Wow. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to change him. He's going to change. Everything's going to get better. You know, I had nobody else to go to. And he was sick. You know, he would say, where are you going? Who are you going to go with? You don't have nobody. Your family don't love you. You have no friends. You're not working, you know, to the point like your son's father doesn't even want your father. So where are you going to go? So I stayed until he busted my lip open. Um, my son was six weeks old and I still went back because I had nowhere else to go. So I went back and then um, he planned everything very well. So he Set me up. He told me, come and meet me for dinner. So there I go with my child. And he comes out of the bar recording me and telling him that we don't live together, that, you know, I'm harassing him, blah, blah, blah. Move on to the night. He busted his head open. He called the cops. He told me I was the one hitting him. I went to jail. No way. Yeah. I got a restraining order. So I couldn't see my son. And that was very. Blessed. This was here in Vegas. Yeah. Wait, back I'm, in I'm, March. Back, and I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. You, yeah. So he hit, he busted his head open. Yes. So, doing something. Yeah, with the rock. With a, and so he actually did it to himself. Yes. And but blamed you. Yes, and called the cops. So he's and okay. called CPS on me, telling the cops that I did that to him with a closed fist. You know, um, <laughs> Mr. X cop, please yeah. tell me how this happens. You know, if you know the system, so I'm actually a retired police officer from Henderson, New York City. So the things, if you know the system, like if guys or girls know the system, I mean, you can play with it, right? So if I scrape my face right now and say, hey, I call the police, she just scraped me. Whoever has the injuries, it looks like the other person's the physical, primary physical aggressor. Yep. So the cops, you know, they don't know. You can't quarterback the situation. You know, they don't know what happened. So if it, you know, whoever has the injuries, it's kind of the other person goes. Sometimes different police officers, you know, I, I've been in different situations where I'd be like, you know what, I really think he should go, even though, you know, he has injuries and she has nothing. Like, it depends upon the story and the statement. So it's very easy. That's why you have to be very careful in relationships if you get into an argument. Like, sometimes I would say you got to take out your phone and kind of secretly record what's going on if you're able to even have access to do that. But it's, it's a lot of people do get arrested, you know, I would say falsely because the police officers are just trying to use their best judgment at, at, the, at the time. And it's not a perfect situation. So depending upon the injuries and what the statements were, you know, the totality of the situation, a lot of people get arrested. Now, the reason why they get arrested, even though it sounds horrible, the goal really is, and I would say in the mindset of policing, is to prevent someone from getting killed. So even if she got arrested, mm -hmm. let's say the case gets dismissed later, but they're, they're, they're taken apart from each other and they're not going to kill each other because 
years back, they would say, stop that. You know, you go here, you go there. And then later on, he kills her and she kills him, you know, something like that. So it's a tough situation, you know, in general, but uh, it, it does happen. What happened with the case at the end? So I did call 911. I had my phone. He flushed it down the toilet. He thought he would. <laughs> so obviously they call back, you know, because you call twice 911. Um, but obviously when they showed up, he was already busted with his head open. Um, but like I said, he was sick to his head. He called hours before when he set me up to come to dinner <coughs> to meet him. Mm -hmm. So then there was already a police call that day of disturbance. You know, I was disturbing his peace, claiming we didn't live together. We lived together for five years. Wow. You know? People could just say, you know, yeah. yeah. the cops um, don't know. They're not like, oh, you've been here how long, you know? And right, the, yeah. The thing that stuck out the most of what you said, I mean, a lot stuck out, but... Uh, it's what I hear, and you've probably heard, and you've probably heard if you've had friends that have dealt with this. Everyone says the same thing, which is the worst part of this equation. I stayed because I didn't have anywhere else to go. That's the problem that, that uh, and maybe you know, but like, you know, I stayed because there's nowhere else to go um, is the harsh reality for a lot of people, you know, or is it, is it, I, anyone I know says it's really hard to get help. I mean, do you? The thing with it is, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, to give the story, I mean, I, I've always been involved in these situations. Well, first thing is your phone, right? He flushed the, the phone, so she had no, she couldn't call anybody. Like, imagine if you lost your phone right now. Like, I lost my phone for a few hours. Someone stole my phone. Like, I was like lost. Like, I got no numbers. You, you don't remember numbers these days, right? right. No, I'm like, nothing. Oh, I, I just gotta go home or something. You yeah. Know? Like, luckily, I got gas in the car to go home. But the thing with is, we we don't. Who are you gonna call? Which I kind of mentioned to you before. One of the programs I worked on when I was a cop, and I want to implement it with Project for Humanity is that people that are in domestic violence situations, you don't know this, is that we all pay an FCC tax on our cell phones to maintain 911. So if she had an old phone, mm -hmm. any old phone, if you turn on, you must be able to dial 911. So I always want- Even wanted, if it's shut off. Even, well, if you turn the phone on. I, I mean, dis if it's yeah, been, disconnected. If the number's yes. been disconnected. So we all pay this tax, it still it must dial 911. Yeah. So we can give extra phones to people and they could hide it in their home if there's a oh, domestic violence situation. So at least they can call 911. She couldn't call 911 again, right? Because you didn't have a phone. And right. you probably didn't have a landline, right? Because we don't we got rid of yeah. landlines. So no landline. having extra phones for people that are involved in these situations are important. That's why uh, Shawna Gonzalez with Project for Humanity and with you guys, yep. we can actually collect old phones and give them back out to people that are in these situations. But it's tough. You have nowhere to go. And it, the problems with Vegas, it is more of a transient. Like myself, I moved out here. You know, I'm here 20 years now, but I came yeah. out here by myself. So if I had a problem, I have no family or, you know, even you have some friends. And then sometimes, you know, there's a lot of mental abuse that takes place trying to control them. And I'm sure he wasn't totally sane, right? He lost his arm. He had PTSD, a crazy story, right? I mean, he's yeah. not, was not himself. So he's trying to control people. A lot of people try to do that. So it's a sad situation. But, you know, I applaud you for, you know, getting the courage to getting out of that situation, which is one of the most difficult situations I would have came back, honestly. I would have so, came back. So let's go back to the story for a second here. So... You get arrested. You're sent to jail. How long are you in jail? What, what the 72 hours that you have to stay. He went to jail to try to get me out, but <laughs> you can. <laughs> wait, he, wait, wait a sec here. It's Back. so dysfunctional. Yeah, and that, yeah. It's always that, like that. Yeah. Because he was so... Okay, so you get out, and then what's, what's the next of it? So I was served with um, a restraining order because he claimed that I was hurting him when he was holding my son. So that was not true. My baby was sleeping. I actually was on the phone with my cousin from California, and she said, I'm on my way. I mean, by four hours, you know, <laughs> right. anything could have happened. So I did call my good friend 
who took us in after all this happened. <clears throat> um, and he told me, come and pick up my key at work. And I said, no, he's so drunk. He's just going to go to bed. That's not the first time. He's going to knock out. Everything will be fine. Well, I should have gone and got the key, but I didn't. So I go to jail. You know, I got served with the restraining order because he claimed, you know, I was so bad as a mom and I could have probably hurt my son, which I would never do. Um, and then I got out, obviously, three days later. And I waited, obviously, for the restraining order to be lifted. When we were... We had to go back to the court office. He was calling me. He called me every single day. Every wow. single day he called me. So his mistake was he wanted to extend the, the restraining order for months. So I won't see my son. But I was going crazy. That's my son. You know, he was right. two months old, sure, three sure. months old. Yeah, you know? of course. So anyways, um, I showed the judge that he kept calling. And the judge asked him. And he said, well, I love her. Well, if you love me, why would you do that to yourself, you know, and put me in that situation? I'm breastfeeding. It's like the worst thing you can do to a woman that is breastfeeding. That's golden milk right there, you know? Right. And um, so I was very depressed, no lie. I was very depressed seeing that I'm squishing out my milk into a toilet, a gel. Like, they don't give you a room to go do this privately, you know? So anyways, I went and picked up my son a week later, so March 13th. I picked up my son, and he went crazy. His mom attacked me. They threw me into the floor. He beat me up until there was no tomorrow. Wow. While I was holding my baby in a car seat. I would have came back. I know I would have came back. And this is just a couple of years ago. Yeah, I would have came back. Absolutely, I would have came back because I had a good life, you know. I mean, material things, which... It's dumb to say, but I admit it, you know. Um, I would have came back, but the fact that he touched my son and hurt my son. Everything changes. I just, I didn't care. I walked away with what I was wearing and what, what my son was wearing, and we never came back, and I would never came back. And now, it took me a while, you know. I just posted it on Instagram because I want to raise awareness for it. I'm not going to stop domestic violence, but I want to make sure that Somebody has somebody to go and talk to because that was the thing to me. Who am I going to call? What am I going to tell my family if I'm telling them that everything is fine, that I'm living this great life, but I'm not, mm -hmm. you know? And people don't do it because of people laughing at you, your friends laughing at you, or your friends that told you so many times, you should leave, you should leave, and you don't leave. So they're like, oh, whatever, she's not going to leave. So they just basically start ignoring you already because they're like, we told you so many times to leave, but I just wish there were somewhere women or men because men get abused too. Absolutely. A lot of groups that I've been going to, I heard how women act crazy too. I mean, I'm a woman, so I know I can act crazy, especially <laughs> I'm Latina, you know? <laughs> woman and Latina. It's like awesome. An enhanced crazy version. combination, yeah. you know? Short, Latina, <laughs> woman. Yeah, they run. I'm <laughs> just like... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I wish um, I wish I would have left sooner, but you know I didn't. So now I know the red flags. I will walk away. You know, just to share a few things, just to educate you guys. One, um, you know, there are there's like safe nest, there's hope nest, there's all these different programs out there. But you know, it's more like they, you don't know who they are, so maybe they feel funny calling, and maybe they don't really know. But if you call nine one one, if you had a phone, you call three one one, which is not an emergency. 
they would basically say, you know, actually police officers, I've done it. I would t if I had met with her at the time, I could take her. The police officers could take someone to a, a hidden location, the hidden apartment complex like SafeNest. And there's you don't know where it is. Then you can get help. You can even go with your child. There are programs. It's just you have to reach out and get to the police to get that help. You know, I just think here me going through it this is why women go back to it i was very upset because he was on my son's birth certificate because right. you know you're in love and so why many not? emotions right attached to yeah it. yeah so we had to split custody at the beginning like he had visitation time and i had to drop him off i had no right. help you know right. the friend that was helping me i had to come with it like wherever i go yep. you know and he will like drive around. He will call me every single day from unknown numbers, you know, and I will call the cops 311 and tell them. And they're like, well, he's 600 feet away. And I said, this is why women get killed because he can be all the way over there and point a gun at me and blow my head up and <coughs> they don't care. Well, like he will call me every day. He will tell me that he put sugar in my gas tank that check your brakes. Is like, it still going on today? Oh, no, no, okay. no. He stopped recently. <laughs> Wait. Recently, but he He's made it impossible. The, uh, no, no. Sugar in the gas tank? Is that a thing? Mexicans. <laughs> you know, people, because it that screws messes up, their, up your car? Yeah, it messes up your car. We should try it in your car. See, how, see, <laughs> see what the effect is um, on your Honda. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't, I didn't. I never heard about sugar in the gas tank. I didn't know that was a... A thing. Yeah, I mean, to the day he makes TikToks about me. <laughs> the, you know, the really? Wait, the, yeah. The by the way, the problem with it is, is that because he's got the, this is what's weird, because he has a protective order against her. Right. He's kind of in like a power position because now he, she can't be near him. She can't call him, no. but he starts calling, he starts texting, he starts doing. I things. had a restraining order. Sorry to cut okay. you off. Against him, it okay. lasted for a whole year. But the whole year, he will download numbers from text oh, me app. Numbers. But oh, so and they were him. He will text from me. From like a burner yeah, phone or whatever. Yeah, he will call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. He will call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. He will send me pictures of him with other women. Like, oh, you're not getting any. I'm getting some. Like, it was it was a whole mental year and a half of, like, I changed my number. But somehow he managed to get my number. He knew where I was. Everything was a nightmare. That was like, so recent. Yeah. You seem so strong. And healed already. I have no choice. I have a two-year-old. Hmm. By the way, in the beginning, he had a TPO against you, right? Yeah, it lasted for seven days. Got it. So just to educate you again. Most TPO, temporary this. restraining order. Correct. But Or protection order. When she went to jail, a police officer gives police officer gives technically the victim a blue card, right? And on the blue card, they can get an emergency protective order. The problem is people can use it as a control situation, right? She couldn't go back to her home or the child that was there. Her clothes is there. And they can make a phone call. It's very easy to get a protective order. Now, it's good for someone who's truly the victim, right? Right. You can get a protective order very quickly. You don't need to go to family court. It's done over the phone. Yeah. It was very, very big for that. But some people can abuse that and then screw with her, right? That she can't go back home. Her kid could be there. And then if the cop shows up, he just knows what the paperwork says. So she winds up going back to jail. Right. So it's a, it's a tough situation. Have you had those kind of situations where... You kind of knew, like, wow, this is one of those, like, not a loophole, but like one of those, like, situations where, like, she's the one, she's the victim, but the other guy's getting credited as being the victim. Have yeah, you, I mean, have I you used seen to, that? I mean, I used to try to go above and beyond. Um, you know, believe it or not, I had more women that I dealt with where I would say, look, here's a blue card to get emergency protective order. You really should do this. 
But if you don't call, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of selling more to get the protective order to yeah. women that were abused, and they yeah. wouldn't do it because they felt comfortable, they felt bad. Or he, oh, here's the other thing: is what happens if if you're raising the kid and he's the one bringing home money? I'll, I'll have no money to pay for bills. I'm going to get evicted. So they stay with the person because of financial reasons as well. So I used to sell, I would say, more women and even men of getting the protective order to protect them. Yeah. But a lot of times I could tell by telling them they, were gonna, they weren't going to call. Yeah, I've Sometimes I would say here, many times. I would call my own phone, right? Because if their phone was broken, like here's my phone. And then let's get the protective order. And they, I would sit there and wait. But I, I mean, I can't force them to do it. But I was, I, I felt that the person would be victimized again. Right. I mean, like, I got you, that blue card many times before, it. many times. I called Metro many times before that, and I still went back. So it comes to a point, but I feel, so you guys heard about the Gabby Petito case, right? Yes. The yeah. girl, okay. The girl, that's the girl. It that hit was, me hard. The killed the, with the van out in the middle of, not Wyoming, wherever the national park was. Okay. From Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I got very emotional. Like, I cried. I was, like, on top of that case all the time because... Yeah. If that man was capable of hitting her on the street, mm -hmm. obviously it was going on at home. I got my lip busted open in TJ in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. And his mom sold me at home like nothing. And they wait, made wait, wait, wait. His mother sold you yeah. at home yeah. and no questions asked, nothing. No. I mean, that's crazy. Um, yeah. We have a special guest in on Zoom right now that we're going to patch in who's also relevant. To this conversation, we've got Mia St. John, uh, professional boxer. I say would say retired professional boxer, but every time I do, she takes another fight. So uh, I'm not calling her retired anymore. Are you retired, Mia, or not? I mean, what am I? You are so funny, John, because <laughs> I was going to say, oh, that is not true. But I just got offered <laughs> And like a big dummy i'm like yeah okay mia is a but, yeah but i have to do i have to do it like mike tyson did it like an exhibition okay because yeah i like that a money grab i'm all for that get the money and you don't have to kill each other there's no winner you just move around throw some punches lighten up on the headshots yeah, and get a no check winner, no loser. i like yeah, that exactly. mia i like exactly. that exactly I, like, I that. like that idea, too. Well, Mia, thank you for joining us. You know, this is our third annual 24-hour live stream. And this year, uh, I think I told you, we are helping raise money for Project for Humanity. Uh, they do a lot of great things. One of the great things they do is they help survivors of, I don't call them victims, I call them survivors uh, of uh, sex trafficking, domestic violence, sex abuse. I know your foundation focuses on mental health. It's all kind of connected, too, because, uh, you know, when you go through some of these experiences that some of these women have, it absolutely affects their mental health. And um, thank yeah. you, Adam. And, uh, and on the flip side, you clearly have mental health problems if you are uh, attacking these women. So I, I felt like you made sense to have on this uh, episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it all, it, it all boils down to this, the same thing. It, it, like you said, mental health. They have mental health issues. Yeah. Um, you know, we have Iris here in studio, and she was telling us, uh, you know, she got out of a horrible relationship 
Um, and, you know, she was saying that the reason why she kept going back was because she felt like she had nowhere else to go. Yeah, it's it, I was in a, an abusive relationship when I was young, like years ago um, before I even got married. And um, yeah, it's just crazy how like I was so dysfunctional, like I stayed with this person. I mean, I never did it again once I got out and got married to Kristoff you know, I never had that issue again. There's just no way I would stay with anyone that was emotionally or physically abusive. No way in hell. Iris, I see you shaking your head. What goes through your head? That's true. I mean, I dated somebody for a few months and once I saw him going crazy, I'm like, no, thank you. Bye. (laughs) Not going through there again. Yeah. Mm -mm. Has it made it hard for you to date ever since then, Iris? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather not date. <laughs> I'm scared. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, usually, you know, I said if I'm I'm 32 right now, if I'm 35 and I'm still dating, I'm going to be an alcoholic. Everybody wants to meet you at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will say, I mean, look, it's not easy dating and meeting the right people. But um, I think it's also where you go, the professional setting that you are. It doesn't matter what you do for work. I mean, if you go into the bar, I mean... I'm not saying there's not, I mean, I've been to the bar, but you know, maybe you should be going to more like networking events, like, exactly. you know, professional places like St. Patrick's Day. We're going to do an event here where social register network and business professionals, right? Not saying that they can't be crazy either. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's sometimes it's the places that you go. I mean, you meet someone at the bar. I mean, it's not probably the best setting. Mia, how do you, what advice do you have or would you give people that uh, when you've suffered through, as I know you have with, traumatic events in your life in the past how do you not let that paralyze you for the present and the future it will you you just said it perfectly i mean it's paralyzing um and you know i lost a child so there there's no recovery and i wish somebody would have told me that like like there's really no quote unquote getting over it you don't get over something like that you just learn to live with it and to move on to wake up every morning putting one foot in front of the other um but there's not a day that goes by that i don't grieve my child you know yeah Uh, there's there's not a day that goes by that uh, I don't still grieve Kristoff, you know, like, um, he was the father of my children and, and, and you just don't get over something like that. Yeah. All you can do is learn how to live with it. I would imagine, right. To, to learn to live with the grief and do something positive with the anger and the, and the grief do something positive. Like we, you know, we made changes to the mental health system in LA County in all the hospitals. And, uh, right now I have, a I work, a a homeless program for the mentally ill and I give back. And, and a lot of those kids that I meet are like my son, you know, they're addicted to meth. 
um, they're homeless and they suffer from mental illness and giving back to them helps me heal. It, it, it helps me go on with my days. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I mean, it's all, all you can do is, you know, is answer the bell. It's like I always tell you, right? It's, uh, you know, when you get knocked down and you're in, you're in a fight or the fight of life, you got to always answer the bell. I mean, it's the most important thing to do. Yeah, and, and you know, like, you helped me a lot. Like, you know, you saw me struggle. And I, I texted you many times, you know, when I was struggling and, and you helped me through it. Um, and that's what you need is like a support system, like people around you to tell you that you can move on, that you, you can get through this, um, and wake up the next morning, you know, and, and like I said, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Well, Mia, uh, I won't keep you. I appreciate you pulling over. I see you've, you pulled over on the side of the road just to talk to I us because you're, you're such you a know? good friend. I can. Well, we see you're in the car strapped in there. Um, yeah. We actually uh, placed a few cameras inside the car this morning. I'm not driving, but I'm not driving. No, yeah. I pulled over. Um, so listen, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this today. And uh, I hope to see you soon here in Vegas. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, you know, and when's the fight? When is the fight? Do we know? Yeah, I don't know yet, and okay. I haven't even like officially. Like, I'm still like, yeah, like grab the money, move around a little bit, no headshots, and it's I I give it a blessing. <laughs> I know every day that I say I'm going to go into training today, I yeah. I wake up, I wake up, and I go, and eh, not today. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, so well, we'll see. Thank you, Mia. Thank you, John. All right, we'll see, see you. Soon. That's okay. Mia St. John, everybody. You got to tell people that you place cameras secretly in their car. Right. Don't worry about it. We've been yeah. watching you the whole time. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> thank you also for coming by no, and sharing you. your story today. And, uh, you know, I it, you seem uh, like you've come out of this okay. Um, you know, you uh, I, I know it's probably hard to date and to trust, but, you know, time does fix things. And, uh, you know, you know what red flags to look for now and. You'll spot them earlier than before, and now you'll act on it, I think, uh, quicker than before, and I'm sure you'll find somebody. Hopefully. <laughs> no rush. You got to just keep being positive. Like in life, we all go through different things. You got to just be positive and just yeah. try to keep going in the right direction and just kind of keep uplifting yourself. Everybody goes through bad days, and you got to just uplift yourself. We all have a past in general. We all make mistakes, or the mistake could actually be just picking the wrong person, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, but, you know, at least she's got a good smile on her face and she'll, yeah. she'll get through it. <laughs> Great personality. Um, all and now, right. And now I know we, we have now we can send her yeah. people to go buy cars. Yeah. She's, a, she's our mobile assistant yeah. program now. And David yeah. Kohlmeyer is the problem solver. So he's going to solve your problem. He's going he's, to, he's, next is going to be a matchmaker. Las Vegas, well, you've got Las Vegas Legal Network. <laughs> it's you need Vegas to have Las Vegas matchmaking network. That, 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 I do that. <laughs> Actually, once in a blue moon on social media, I say I'm looking to match people. Like every right. quarter, I do that and I try to match. Right. And okay, well, match up Iris with a winner, would we're you? Gonna, I'm going to match you up. All right. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to you, Iris, Thank and you. we are going to bring in Shauna Gonzalez next. It's nice meeting you. Um, nice meeting you guys. Be careful. All right. Yes, Have a great day. Thank you day. so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks.
Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Here we are an hour. Where are we at? Hey, are we almost done? We are. How many more hours? Hey, look at the clock. 19 minutes. Oh, 19 more hours. Four and a half right. more hours okay. left. Oh, wait. This that's is a the wrong way. Come on in, Shauna. You're going to sit there, throw those headphones on. Travis is going to make sure you're all set up. And uh, Where's all your assistants? They're just out uh, taking a break. In the back. Bye, Iris. Bye. Thank you. Are right, you too? I liked Iris. She's very nice. Yeah, four foot ten, Iris, but walks six <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah. You know, it's interesting. She uh, just real quick. She said one thing, and and Shana here from it's kind yeah. of interesting. You know, one thing she said. That, I don't know if you caught. You probably don't know that because you guys. I don't. Do you have kids? I don't. No. You don't. Okay. She mentioned something which I never thought of. Yeah. She said that basically when she was in prison that she was, she had breast milk. Mm-hmm. And she, what she said to her was that she had to release the breast milk I into. I did catch that. But what I she, do you know why? Because if it builds up, it, it hurts. Yeah, and get infection. You know, it can hurt. So you I have to. know that. If you're not basically pumping, then it hurts the breast. Got and, it. And it's painful. You mm-hmm. have a lot of pain. So I never I actually didn't want to ask because I thought I knew it was a dumb question. I was like, ah, I, I never thought it. about that aspect. But in prison, they don't want you to go somewhere. I, I, it's like the kind of it should be a program, like in yeah. prison, to give someone that privacy as a human being to do that. I just never thought of that concept. But keep of, in mind, she was probably. I mean, she was only in the, the cell for seventy-two hours, so she wasn't in the general population. I would assume even worse. As actually probably yeah. even worse because there's no pri- like privacy. Sometimes it depends where you are. Yeah. But I'm saying is every few hours she had to pump into like a toil bowl. Yeah. Which is really horrible. Think about you talk about mental stress. Yeah. For the future. Think about if you have to remember that you did that. Right. Right. Um, I never even thought about that until she said it. I was yeah. like, wow. Because I've seen my wife, you know, actually in pain once when we went on vacation. And she was pumping and stuff, but like I said, you guys probably weren't aware. Right. And I wanted yeah. to bring it to attention because I thought that was a very interesting point. Uh, so say hello officially to Shauna Gonzalez. She's hello, the founder hello. of Project for Humanity. Hi. Nice How to are you? Finally meet you. Finally, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess you were here though, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that was, five months ago or whatever. But oh, I, it was ago. so chaotic, and there were yep. so many people, you know. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you uh, being receptive to this and, and coming in. And I know we've had a crazy, hectic week. So what happened? You had a car accident? You've had a rough week, huh? Oh my goodness. I've been in several car accidents that are not my fault, thank God. Um, but This week? Um, She's accident prone. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. They, they, I'm attracted to them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this week. Okay. So I just picked up one of my cars out of the shop today, and I got two more in the shop already. So. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that, but it looks at least you're in one piece. I'm if, in one piece. Uh, if you do need help finding a lawyer, though, I have a guy. <laughs> you know, I've heard of this guy called the Problem Solver. Yeah, you know, Problem Solver, David Kohlmeyer, Las Vegas Legal Network. Uh, you know, let's That's flash it. the phone number up there. Uh, there's a 1-800, I don't know. What, what is the number? Well, you might as well do it now. What's the number? There it's it is, actually, 702-999-1111. No. You no, 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 they got to call me. Call I, you I, for the referral. That's right. Yeah. Call Shauna. Reach out to Shauna. <laughs> I like to cost David Kohlmeyer money. So if any of you are listening, absolutely, if you need a lawyer for anything, whether it's divorce, uh, traffic tickets, uh, domestic violence, of course, um, anything you might need, legal help, please reach out to Shauna Gonzalez. <laughs> and so she, she will help get you in touch knows with, somebody. Them, with the appropriate I do. people I do. that may or may not be in the room right now. So just to recap, the way that I know Shauna <laughs> is that she runs this Project for Humanity program and she's yeah. always involved helping people 
in different ways. Look, the phones ringing right now. Look, the, the callers are calling just from your literally. Organic. You literally. already that's, that gets that's she how, gets credit for that's that. That's how quick John Thank Landon. That's the power junkies. of the Action Junkies podcast <laughs> yes, right there. They're calling off the hook. I that's need like multiple coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Lieberman. <laughs> so, so Shauna basically is helping the community like no one else that I've seen. Yeah, helping people that are homeless. Um, Housing, I mean, you name it. If there's any part of nonprofit component, Shauna basically trying to help the people in the community. And we became very friendly. We become good friends. She's helping as like a community outreach liaison, which she's doing anyway with Project for Humanity. But when, whenever there's kind of policing things or legal stuff, I, I want, I asked her to help so I can, because she has, she gets in touch with all the people in the community. I mean, people are going to it because they have problems. And a lot of people don't want to go to the police. They don't like the police. So they don't want to go to the police. And there's a little bit of that anti-police culture taking place. So they'd rather go to Shauna and basically say, what should I do? Yeah. And so she's like the ultimate resource. Well, it was really interesting as I was sitting here with Iris just before you. And she was telling us about her issues and about her story. And you, hit, you kind of mentioned just now about calling the police. And I thought to myself, this is a woman who went through domestic violence. And probably has, I can't speak for her, but, and rightfully so, maybe some trust issues with men. Sure. And sitting at a table with three guys. And I thought, that may be very uncomfortable for her. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like, because, like, all, you know, it subconsciously or even consciously, we're the enemy. Yeah. And, and not saying that, that right. we're not be here to do hurt her anyway. But it's a dynamic but, but that just, exists yeah. just mm -hmm. when you're out and yes. about, Absolutely. right? That yes. we don't even, we take it for granted. We don't even, it doesn't come in our head because we're good people. We don't, we don't realize what that, what that's like, that there, dynamic. There are still men that look like somebody I remember. And, and it triggers. And it triggers. Yes. Wow. So that Sh never goes away. Shauna, you had me uh, in tears literally last week or whenever that was. Within 45 seconds um, of you telling me your story, uh, I don't know why. It, I mean, when I say I don't know why, it hit me so hard. I mean, it would hit anyone really hard. But it's it just so quick. Um, just And you know what? I, I was, I've been thinking about it. And I think it's because I told you about my friend Penny. Yes. Um, and uh, it's you sound just like her in a sense that when you speak about this, and this is probably a healthy thing because you've had so much time and years to process yes. it, right? Yes. But when I hear it, you guys sound like I compare you to doctors giving bad news. You're so matter-of-factly about it. There's absolutely zero emotion to it, which is what I think hurts my heart because I know that you're talking about tough, awful things so easily that it's like, wow, like... Am I making any sense? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, it wasn't easy in the beginning. Could um, you could you give um, not to belittle it, but is there a short condensed version uh, you can give of absolutely. of what what happened to you, what you've been through? Because it yeah. uh, people need to hear it as much as it's it's traumatizing. Um, I was trafficked starting at the age of five by my own family member um, to my next door neighbor for a bottle of beer. Uh, then it literally it, a bottle of beer. Um, when he was done, he asked my dad for a bottle of beer, and that was it. I mean, there was a fight afterwards, um, and he went to jail. But unfortunately, these men don't serve enough time. Uh, six months is all he got when I was five years old, and he's still out to this day. And um, and I, I look him up. I'm not going to say I don't. I look him up, and actually, I would, I want to meet him. I want to know why. 
Mm. Why, why, why would he do this to a five-year-old? Would he admit to it? Oh, he did admit to it in prison. Um, and I wasn't the only one he touched. He was touching his stepdaughters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, can, I can actually remember the things I had to do to show the police what happened on Cabbage Patch dolls and Barbie dolls. And that's what they did right. back then. Yeah. Hmm. So when you say trafficking, and, and again, how much of the story you want to sh- share, what have you, um, were you raped? Absolutely. Yes. You were raped. Okay. Yes. Um, trafficking is a is a broad right. range, yeah. um, and that's why I really want to bring awareness to it because some of these girls don't even realize in high school you can be sold for a bag of chips, and that's you know they don't realize it. They're just like, oh, I'm having intercourse for a bag of chips, nothing. But that's trafficking. They're they're selling this girl for a bag of chips to somebody else. They don't realize it, and that's why I want to bring awareness to these females and, and males as well, because it happens to them as well. I don't want them growing up into the same lifestyle I did. Where um, did you grow up? So I was raised in California, okay. but because of my history, um, not just at five, but it started at 12 as well. Um, and I don't mind talking about it, because okay. I, want, I want to bring awareness. Yeah. But um, my parents thought if they moved me to a gated community, I'd be safe. Um, my own neighbors were the next ones, my, my next people who victimized me. Um, and they actually videotaped everything. Um, so th- those videos are probably still out there because they were not taken by police. Um, this guy did not go to jail at all. So um, That's so crazy. And what was the... <coughs> you said that your family had done this mm-hmm. for beer. What was <coughs> the recourse of, for them? Did they serve jail time? Or? My family, no. Actually, I take care of my mom and dad right now. Um, my father has severe PTSD from the Vietnam War. Um, and I love my father dearly. Uh, I know that this is a mental problem. This is not a choice he wanted to make. So interesting. I don't mean to cut you off, but that we were talking about this exact thing just a few hours ago, the mental side of it, right? We were saying, you know, usually, I don't know the statistics, so I just make it up when I say 99%, but I bet I'm probably right. Uh, 90, you know, I said 99% of people that uh, molest kids were molested, Absolutely. most likely, or men that abuse women, they were abused, or what, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and at what point, like, <clears throat> there's that fine line of like, what else do you expect from them? That's what they know, right? But then they, you know, it's also their responsibility to break that cycle, but they're also sick because of it, so they don't realize they have to break a cycle. So it's like, it's such a crazy dynamic. It's, it's a family routine is right. what it is. It happens in the family over and over and over again until somebody breaks that chain. And that's what I was, you know, that's what I explained in my story is this has happened in my family over and over and over again, generation after generation. And when I went to 15 years of counseling because I would have the history I've been through, they told my mom that I'm a lost cause. No, I'm never going to change. I'm always going to be the bad kid and I'm going to end up molesting people or I'm going to allow people to abuse me. So you, so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled by this. You know, I, I'm, I look at this enough to say you're going to somebody who you think is going to help you, mm-hmm. you know, because I think we all were brought up in that, well, times have changed, but therapy was a bad thing. You know, it was a negative connotation. Now, with mental or with mental uh, disorders and mental disabilities and and depression and such, I think we we look at it very differently. But when I go to a therapist, and John and I kind of have different um, opinions on this, 
I'm going for help. I'm going for them to, to try to help me in something. And to have a therapist tell you, you're a lost cause. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for this. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm completely yeah. flabbergasted by that. Yeah. So, so keep, that ended, keep going. That ended at 15, the counseling. Um, I was actually dating a guy at the age of 14. And my mom and father basically said I needed to marry him and exit the home. Um, so at the age of 15, I married my ex-husband and moved out to Palm Springs. Uh, at the age of 18, he moved me here to Vegas and put me in the strip clubs and started selling me as well and escorting. Now, back when, back when I was in escorting, it's completely different now uh, than now. Uh, it's it was you. They call the call center. You go to the hotel room. Back then. Mm-hmm. And so it's so different now because now they're just on the streets. We weren't on the streets back then. Nine five three East Sahara. That's where a lot of the call centers were. Really? It's a big, tall building. Yeah. Um, How do you know that? Um, I, I know that because I was... Uh, Adam, I always say, is the unofficial mayor of this town because he knows every single bit of history of Las no, Vegas. It's I, unbelievable. I, I, no, I actually um, played um, roller hockey in the, in the same kind of area. Oh. And I would always see these women mm-hmm. going into these offices. And, I, and over time, I started asking questions and became more curious. And that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And they give you burner phones uh-huh. um, in case you get caught by police. They that that you don't um, get tied back to the office that that you work for. So you're supposed to just give the police the burner phone, and they don't have no numbers on it. Um, and it, it's it's a hidden industry. Um, not a lot of people know about it, knew about it back then. And it was like the the little newspaper things all over the strip with the girls in mm-hmm. them and stuff. Yeah, that was I was on one. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's where it ended. It ended at the age of 19 when I got pregnant with my son. Um, and and you, my, it was with that with your ex-husband or was, your, yes. Okay. That's with my ex-husband and my my ex-husband actually came back when I was six months pregnant, and he completely beat me unconscious. Uh, my father found me in the room, and I don't remember much except for being in the hospital, um, being told that um, my son almost didn't make it. And um, I remember that day that I, was, I said I was done, that my son was more important than anybody. Um, so, and that day is when I stopped. I stopped, I walked away, I tried to stay safe. Um, my ex-husband is still, you know, calling and texting. To and, this day? Oh, yeah. You can't have a restraining order? or. Um, you, you what know, does that mean? After, every, after everything I've been through... Men don't scare me anymore. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not really afraid of it anymore. Are you numb to it though? Yeah. Is that what it is? Very numb. Very numb. Um, it's very hard for me. And even I've been with my husband now for 20 years. I'm still very numb. Um, and it, it it takes a lot of counseling. And counseling, yes, it does. You go for help, but you also go for yourself to release that pressure. Right. Just that, to talk. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it can it can help two different types of people and then you're you can be that one person that it helps both things with so i i go to counseling still your relationship with your dad is really interesting to me because i get it i mean it's like it's your dad at the end of the day has he ever like apologized does he Mm -hmm. does he yeah Mm -hmm. he feels very bad yeah very bad um he he takes guilt for it um so that's probably comforting at least right for you like I'm so numb to him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And do you have any resentment? No. Like, but obviously not. You're taking care of him, right? Like, I have no resentment. That's why I would like to meet this man and just find out mentally, like, why? You right. know, like, what happened to you to make you want to do this? And do you know where he lives and all yeah, that? he lives in So yeah. why don't we have Colmeyer set it up? Mm. And no, I'm, I, I'm being serious. And, like, may even do it on this type of format. Would you ever do that? Yeah, of course. I don't know if he would, though, right? Who knows? Who knows? You know, he's he. Um, when this happened, he was in his fifties already, mm-hmm. so he's probably in his seventies, eighties now. So, um, I don't know. I'm it would even be interesting if you if you were to set that up, like where she could meet that guy that that was across the street when you were what five years old or. Uh, no, across the, or across or, the street was five. Next door neighbors was twelve. Oh, he's 16. next. So he's next door neighbor. The older man. Yeah. That's the cross the street. Okay. Okay. And then there's old. Uh, the one you want to meet, I'm saying, is. Oh, I wish I could meet them all. Uh, right, I, but um, you're not gonna come on the show to talk. No, about but even it if could, it was, it could become very me, tense. Maybe you you were like kind of the mediator off camera, and then you should do a show with her talking about that experience after. Maybe. I just don't think the guy. I mean, basically, he's saying that he committed a crime, even though the statute of limitations is probably over. But right, I'm saying he's gonna come on public. Right, he's not gonna. This is public that. access. Right, right, right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not gonna come on the show that. I mean, it's great. I, I think it's great. You know, sometimes when you you're a victim of a crime, to you well, know, there's pros and cons, right? That mm-hmm, you basically have someone in front of you where you're talking about it. But like, why would you do that to me? Well, listen, by mind, whoever does any of this stuff is messed up in general. Yeah. They have mental health issues. Yeah. They actually always say, I forgot the number. I don't know where I get, it, but you know, at least seventy five percent of like Americans probably have some type of form of mental illness in general. Yeah. Right now, between you two, probably John, you probably have <laughs> more of it than. Leave oh. him in, then leave I him like what here. David Komeyer tells a funny. I like it. Yeah, but, but he is dead wrong on that one. Is he you? Oh, my God, yeah. So Multiple you have, personalities, uh, maybe? I have, I have the more, yeah, unfortunately. But yeah. You, are you sleeping with the fireman at nighttime? Like, <laughs> no, no. I have one on the nightstand. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it's in the drawer. Um, so my question, Shana, is so you, all this stuff that's happened to you, and I know you're numb to it, and now... Project for Humanity, when did you, how did you bring that into the world? In um, 2014, I wanted to rescue women that have been through the same thing as me. Um, So we started going out, me and my husband, and we started talking to girls in the strip clubs and trying to get them to come out of that industry. It became too too dangerous. They have still their boyfriends um, that don't want them to stop. So... I figured out a way to bring them to me, which was opening a food pantry. If they had a way to <coughs> escape and a reason to escape, they would come to me and talk to me and I could help them from there. Um, and it, it, it worked. It unbelievably worked. Um, when women needed diapers for their kids, they would escape and tell me that they were abused. We would call Metro right away or send them to Shadery. Um, there were... And see, Shadery, assuming to interrupt, is where my ex um did a lot of work with them yeah and that's the very first time because that's when i was talking about iris that's the very first time when i started to walk in and i could see right away some of the faces mm. on, the, on some mm-hmm. of these women and i left and i walked out and i sat outside and waited because i could see the fear mm-hmm. i guess in their faces mm. uncomfortable um, yeah and and so where, where i focus was i was because i wanted to volunteer Anyway, I could. So I focus. My focus was on the dogs. They had mm-hmm. a lot of dogs there, yep. and that's where my focus was. Yep. 
as opposed to being inside. Now there are some male workers there, but they trust them. And, yes. Yeah, but I never, until you brought that up mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago or whatever, would have ever even considered just my presence somewhere could could upset someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's I maybe mean, that's naive on my part, but I I just it's not. I never even considered it. It's mm -hmm. really not something somebody thinks about every day. Right. Um. You know, you don't walk around going, "Oh my goodness, is that little girl being trafficked right now?" Like, right. Do you know, you know, I do. Yeah. I look at every little girl and think, "Yeah, is that her really her father?" Or yeah. you know, um, and that's just because the the stuff that's been put in my yeah. head because of my past. But, I'm know. starting to see a lot of sign, more and more signs in the bathroom stalls in public places about sex you know, trafficking. The problem is that I was at the airport. It's more at the airport. Yeah. Like I went to the bathroom at the McCarran and there's like a little sign and I was in the, it was, I was actually glad to see that it was in, in the men's. It's right. human right. trafficking. Yeah. And it's like an 800 number, but like what happens if I don't have a phone? Like, right. you know, like, and then I think the, um, so yeah, technically if I remember the number, and I was thinking, you know, me with phone numbers, it wasn't even like a good number to remember. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't easy. So I, I'm not going to write it down. Right. I kind of feel like there needs to be, I mean, people would say call 911, but most people are not going to call that number. But I mean, it, it's just, it's just who's going to, you know, you're in the airport, you're going to call a right. number, you see the sign in the bathroom. It just seems like, um, I don't know. I don't even know if the phone really rings, you know, for that side of it. I just think that like, it's just a weird spot. I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be a better way of doing it, but yeah. it's, at least they're doing something, you know? And you mentioned when you are out and about, you look mm -hmm. differently at people. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? Are, are there tells, I mean, in a way? or? Um, for me, it's my own personal. It's just what I remember, what the man looks like, or maybe the build of the man. Um, I was kidnapped on the strip as well by one of these guys, so... I, I specifically remember what he looks like when he got out of the car and everything and the bigger build, um, the muscles, the shaved head, you know. So when I see something like that, it kind of, uh, is that him? Uh, you know, like, I get a little scared. You've literally had experience after experience after experience, or bad experience, I should say, with men. My husband now is I was going to say, there's been And then you finally yeah. found but, gold. Okay. Yeah, but still, again, there, there's the mental illness in him that mm -hmm. I have to deal with. So um, it, it didn't really end there. So I, I still have the, the mental mental abuse a little bit, but um, I know it's because he's not mentally healthy. So, mm -hmm. so I actually had a recent, I'll say within the last year, where something didn't look right to me in, in a hotel lobby. And it was um, a group of about six, seven people, um, two male adults, and five uh, young women. Um, they couldn't have been more than 12 years old, maybe, maybe, all dressed like they were going to a nightclub. Um, at 12. At 12. And this was like midday. Mm -hmm. I mean, all dolled up the whole nine. Um, and came to find out, we did call... Because it, you know, it's always the you know, see something, say something. Yes. So they called. We called security, and it, they brought in, and it was a traffic. Really good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it was at a hotel on the strip. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that would have never been caught if you did not think that in your head and and notice it. Well, you know, and for me, it was like I always notice that kind of symptoms that stand out. I, that's I've always I always have my head on a, on a swivel is what I always say, but. 
you know, it was just something didn't look right, you know, and, <clears throat> and you see these girls on the strip all the time, yes. you know, dressed as, and I'm not trying to seductively, we'll say. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are certain, and that's all well and good, but when they got to that age and that it's like, something's not right. And there was another group probably about two weeks later, almost identical situation, but it was actually a little different. They were actually here for a, um, a glamour competition type yeah. thing. And it was, you know, they were with the mothers and the whole family was like that, which I hate those competitions. So I'm mm. curious what you, you agree with that, right? Like it's, it, they're no my, good. Like it's my parents put me in yeah. a pageant at the age of five. Yeah. It's just yeah. too makeup and all that's mm -hmm. too early. It's like, I get it. It's cute to, I get why it's cute, but I just think it's unhealthy, man. I it's put my girls in pageants, but they're no makeup pageants. Right. No makeup, no bathing suit. Right. I don't believe yeah. in that. Yeah, me neither. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't even have kids and it's just like, because mm, you, you don't know who's buying those tickets. Yeah. It just seems look. crazy to me. Like it's just too much. It's too yeah. forced. It's too, mm -hmm. it, it, the kids I don't think are old enough to even have a say and like to know they even want to do that. Like. I feel like you're you're spoon feeding him. You're it's like leading the witness. No, why are you laughing at me over there, Colmeyer? What you have a joke? Go on, take it. Go on. <laughs> John makes me just laugh. You know. Um, no, no, it's a good point. You watch these different pageants. You know, um, you know these young girls and stuff like that wearing the makeup and stuff like that. You know, I guess the things that build confidence. I think that people actually the one thing that I'll share is I think with kids we don't learn self improvement in in the classroom. You know, we learn about math and all the other stuff. Like when I'm with my kids, I go to school, I'm like, no one touches you, no one hurts mm -hmm. you, you say no, you're allowed to push, kick, kind of like strike first, no mercy. Like I'm, you got to keep like, what do you call that, uh, affirmations yes. to your children. You have to basically teach your children these things. They, you know, so the problem is when they're not being taught in school, like, you know, like you, not to be victimized, you know, like, I mean, just simple, you, yeah. think it's, you think it's simple things like, well, you know, like don't fight with each other, but like, it's like, no one should touch you, no one should hurt you. Your body is your space. You say something, you know, you're allowed to fight back. I mean, you think a teacher would say you're allowed to fight back, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know now, I, mean, I learned at the age of five, but I learned by from Mr. A teacher. Mr. McGruff. Oh, yeah, but you mentioned that. The crime dog? Yep. I love it. He came into our classroom and taught us. That's how I learned. Wow. And I it, and that's that's my goal is to put it back in the classrooms. Yeah. Um, it needs Sex trafficking needs to be a part of the sex ed course. Yeah, yeah agreed. I do with that. Agreed. Um, well, I mean, you've really turned a negative into a positive and you're doing some Thank great you. stuff. Thank you. And, and how um, can somebody get a hold of you if they want yeah. to or, uh, David, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> and then he gets a referral. 702-624-1888. Call me 24 hours a day. I will come pick you up if you need it. Um, and if people want to donate money, is it a simple thing? Like just go to Project for Humanity and there's a donate button somewhere over there. And Very and, simple, yeah. Um, Project for Humanity, LV.org, and there is a donate button. Yeah. We're going to start off whoop, whoop, with a check for 2500 from Sticky Paw Studios. I appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully we'll get some, raise some more money over the, between now and 5 a.m. tomorrow. What? That's amazing. Yeah. We're, we're doing what? Yeah, uh, and I got yes. shirts. <laughs> 5 a.m.? Yes, and you've got some shirts. Yeah, yes. so maybe we'll uh, push. The, uh, how much are we selling shirts for? Do we know? I think we should do it for a donation. Okay, just a donation. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Make a donation, get a shirt. Yep. I like it. Yep. I, I like it. Let's go like that one too. 
But don't be cheap, guys. Come on, Action Junkies Nation. Are there any other more checks for me? I think I was supposed to pick up a I check. got nothing for you. Uh, I have uh, nothing for you. No, um, no, sorry, call Marvin. It's just one. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's Marvin in puzzle form. Yeah. He's going to um, ask for his referral fee. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say so I'm glad I got connected. Uh, you guys with Action Junkies and Sticky Paw Studio with uh, Shauna yes, with all the amazing work that she does. So I feel blessed that actually that we, that I met with John. Yeah, um, this is all because of you actually well, to basically make this happen because yeah. she's doing good work and I believe the money and even the time. Um, you know, you're helping a lot of people in general. Just even every dollar counts. You know, it all adds up. Mm-hmm. I guess you really are solving problems here. And I'm trying. This is valley. what we, this is what we do at Sticky Pie yes. Studio. We're always solving problems here. Um, and and we've discussing uh, discussed opening up a new network. Remember? We act, well, it's funny. Everyone's talking about networks, you know, the dating network, the nonprofit network, you know, in general. I mean, the bottom is, look, the, the bottom is it's really the relationships, right? Like, if I didn't have a relationship yeah. with you and Sean, you guys wouldn't be here together. Right. So I think creating positive relationships in the community with positive people, you know, you can basically do a lot of great things. She just had, like, a little bit of a grand opening, and she had, you know, possibly the future North Las Vegas mayor. And yeah. just great people. Everyone's trying to really work to basically help the community. So it's really nice to be around positive people that are trying to make some, you know, awesome change. Oh, 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 oh,